It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Tuesday episode of Locked On Raptors, we bring back the famous Locked On Raptors parlor game. What's more likely? I throw it in either or situation, and myself and the wonderful Vivek Jacob of Raptors.com will determine what the of the two situations that I've thrown out are more likely to happen. It makes a lot of sense, okay? It's a good bit. It's all coming up on today's episode of Locked On Raptors. Thanks for hanging. Oh, like because when I shot, I expected to make it. So like I don't shoot trying to miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the free top of the Hail Mary 3 by Mo Get that garbage out of here. What's going on? Welcome to episode number 1326 of Lockdown Raptors for Tuesday, January the 24th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for nine seasons on various platforms. You can find all of my work over on Twitter at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Lockdown Raptors. And you can follow, subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast for free 
on your favorite podcast apps. We're also on YouTube. Please go hit the big, fat, red subscribe button. You can't miss it, and you will have supported the show and done a very good thing to help me and stroke my ego and all that good stuff. It's also good for the algorithm and all that. Uh, much appreciated. And the people who I appreciate the most are the people who can now be on the edge of their seats. I have brought out the branded Locked On Bucket Hat. Bucket Hat? Trucker Hat. Trucker Hat. That's what this kind of hat is called. Not a bucket hat. Silly Sean. Uh, and before we dive into today's show, we're playing What's More Likely with our pal Vivek Jacob from Raptors.com. I got an award, a winner, for the two tickets to the Rivoli on February the 7th, where I and a whole bunch of Raptors Republic dignitaries will be there to do a whole bunch of podcasting and live paneling ahead of the trade deadline on February the 9th. It's going to be a ton of fun. And as promised, if you sent me an email with a little detail on who your favorite deep cut Raptor is of all time, and also sent me a note about, uh, or sorry, sent me a screenshot showing that you subscribe to the YouTube channel like you should have done a long time ago, uh, you are going to be in this hat now with a chance to go on and win those tickets so let's do it now can i get a drum roll vivek jacob before we introduce you uh your first appearance on the podcast will be a drum roll Ooh, ooh, look at that drum all right the winner of the two tickets is martin miller dun 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 congratulations to martin who said bismack biombo was his favorite deep cut raptor of all time martin i will be in touch with you to get you your tickets to those who did not win thank you for sending in your submissions and hopefully we'll still see you there at the rivoli on february the 7th all right business out of the way let's get to it it's what's more likely everybody's favorite parlor game here on locked on raptors and uh, vivek jacob from raptors.com with the man with the wonderful drum rolling skills is here <laughs> big v how the hell are you man I'm doing all right. I'm without the shades this time, so I'm glad uh, to see it. Although the, the show less is less sexy now, but it's you know. <laughs> <laughs> but if you do see me blinking profusely, it's because I just applied uh, my uh, ointment for the day that uh, mm. it still needs to heal. So uh, that's my excuse for that. But yeah, besides that, pretty good, man. Can't complain. You tune into this show for the drum rolls and the ointment talk. Uh, that's for damn sure. Uh, <laughs> tomorrow we go through our favorite ointments and places to apply them. No, we won't do that. All right, let's get this on the rails before we irreparably go off of it. As promised, today's show is a game of what's more likely, and so we've got three what's more likely scenarios. We're going to run through them all. We've got one about Precious Achua. We've got one about the standings and how they're going to finish up, but first... Let's dive into trade stuff, because that's all anyone can talk about these days is trade stuff, especially yesterday when you get all sorts of, you know, vague rumors about vague three-team trade concepts and all the stuff. Um, let's dive in here. Number one, what's more likely, Big V, Fred Van Vliet, Gary Trent Jr., or OG Ananobi has already played his last game in Toronto of those three players who I guess is the most likely to have played his final game in Toronto of course the Raptors starting a seven game road trip tomorrow night in Sacramento they won't be back until just before the trade deadline in February the 9th uh so Big V let's let's hear it who do you think is the most likely to have played his final game at Scotiabank Arena in a Raptors uniform I'm gonna go with Gary the obvious okay. answer uh I think you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. And Gary's the one who's been most linked with trade rumors and the possibility mm -hmm. of departing and uh, him seemingly being available uh, most readily. So mm -hmm. I, I'm going to go with Gary. I think if there were to be 
uh, one of the core pieces moving. I think that's more likely in the off season. Right. Uh, and so for now, I think uh, they'll just take care of, you know, the minor stuff and then really look for major changes in the off season. If that's the way they want to go. Yeah, all of the, uh, you know, the posturing and sort of looking at the roster and thinking about the deadline and, you know, shipping away Fred Van Vliet for parts and all of this. Um, while I still think those things could happen, I still think we could see Fred Delt if the price is right. I still think we could see an OG trade if, like, the contenders who are one OG away from a title decide to really pony up and get into a crazy bidding war here. I don't think that's crazy considering the wide open nature of the league, but... It does kind of feel like it might just be Gary, huh? Uh, and maybe that feels uninspired to people. And, you know, I, I understand if you're upset that there's not more being done, I suppose. Although I think you got to wait to see what the return in, ends up being. I got to ask you, I talked about this yesterday on my show. I, I, I'm not like, it, it depends on like how it all goes down and what else the Raptors can get back. But the idea of a Gary Trent Jr. for Jakob Pertle swap, for me... It doesn't quite feel like the right move, especially considering like you got to pay Jakob Pertl's next contract. And while I think he's excellent, I do have a little bit of concern about how he would fit and like the clunkiness of the offensive fit, um, you know, with a lack of shooting around him, which you move Gary Trent Jr. out and there's a whole lot less shooting than there already is on the team. And there's not a whole lot to begin with. So curious on your thoughts on that sort of rumored framework again. Uh, rumored heavily in air quotes here because like, you know, who the hell knows where these rumors are coming from? It spurs blogs, you know, I'm sure people have their sources and are just reporting what they've been told, but obviously they get told things for different reasons. Curious on your thoughts on the Pirtle for Gary Trent Jr. proposed swap that uh, had Raptors internet melting down yesterday. Yeah, Jakob Pirtle is a very good player. I just don't think he'd be a very good fit unless you have uh you know other deals in place mm -hmm. to address the shooting right mm -hmm. again that's kind of been a theme when we've discussed the trade rumors is if you're trading one of fred gary or og you have to have a shooter some type of three-point shooting coming back mm -hmm. because those are the only three dependable shooters that you have on the team mm -hmm. um and so uh i think that's where uh it complicates the fit I think if you were to put Jacoberto on the Lakers or the Clippers or, um, you know, even, you know, the Celtics have been rumored to be interested in him. Those are all great fits for him. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think unless you've got uh, contingency plans in place to address the shooting, um, whether it be um, another deal before the trade deadline or in the off season, because mm -hmm. essentially that's what you have to think about, right? It's yeah. like, Hey, do we think it's easier to address the center position or the, the three point shooting uh, in the off season? And so mm -hmm. if you're saying, okay, we got to bite the bullet now and deal with this terrible spacing for another few months. And then we go get uh, a couple shooters in the off season, or you say, Hey, we like what Gary brings to the table. We like, uh, his professionalism, everything, and then we'll just figure out the center thing in the off season. Um, what's clear is the center thing has to be figured out. <laughs> yeah, I, like for, so I should make it clear. Me suggesting that I don't love the 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 Trent for Pirtle idea is not 
to suggest that I don't think the Raptors need a center of some kind. Because I think they do. It's pretty clear. They need someone who can do center things and just like anchor the defense and do things that tall players historically have done in basketball for many, many years to great effect. They need that. I just, I worry about, you know, Pirtle, you know, the free throw shooting is rough. There's just no even whisper of a three-point shot. He doesn't even look at the, the rim when he's out, out that far. He never goes out that far because he's an, he's an interior guy. Um, you know, if you had him and you rolled it to starting five, just, you know, for example, a Fred, OG, Scotty, Pascal, Jakob Pirtle lineup, probably a bear defensively. Like, we can be very real about that. That would be a really, really difficult lineup to score on, even with Fred's point of attack issues. Uh, guess what gets a lot easier to cover for when you have a real rim-protecting center is point of attack defense issues. So, you know, there's, there's, theory, there's a, like, in theory, a pretty good fit there if you can get, you know, a modicum of shooting out of Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam combined. Siakam's been on hard times lately, of course. Um, you know, if you can then assemble some sort of roster of shooting behind that, then maybe that's viable. It's just there better be a plan in place if you're going to do that, um, whether it's this year or in the offseason. And yeah, you know, it should also be clear, you know, you might push back and say, well, who cares about three-point shooting this season? They're not going to do anything. They're not, and yeah, maybe that's true. But you have to use the deadline as also a part of your offseason, especially when you're a team like the Raptors. It's not a free agent destination. This is where you do a lot of your business and set yourself up for the summer. And so, you know, again, there, there better be some sort of plan in place here if, in fact, Gary Trent Jr. is out the door. I agree with you. I think he's the most likely to be dealt at this point. I think I'm, like, pretty sure Fred's not getting dealt, and I'm feeling pretty good about the Raptors just bringing him back. I know that's going to make a lot of Raptors fans very angry, but as it turns out, he's very good and he's been much better of late. And he's a guy who I, I think is just too much of a perfect on paper fit with your best players to just go ship off because he had a bit of a rough start to the season. Um, quick thoughts on, you know, the likelihood of Fred. I feel like the likelihood has gone down as he has kind of maybe shown his first 35, 40 games to be a bit of a, an aberration as opposed to the beginning of the end. Well, I, I never thought it was quite that high to begin with. Um, sure. I, I think, if anything, it was probably teams thinking they had a chance to buy low on Fred. Mm. And that's where the rumors came out of. Uh, and so I don't think Toronto was ever going to consider, you know, trading him on the cheap and getting mm -hmm. pennies on the dollar. And I think they'll be confident about re-signing him uh, in the offseason. And just because they re-sign him doesn't mean, doesn't necessarily mean that they view him as part of the long-term plans. For right? sure. Like, mm -hmm. we've seen it, uh, you know, with uh, Terrence Ross and Norman Bowell and DeMar DeRozan, you know? So uh, I think they will probably view that type of deal as something that's better for the offseason. And obviously, once you get to the offseason, you're re-signing him and just kicking mm -hmm. it further down the can. Yeah, and I think the death knell for me for any potential Fred trade, first of all, uh, you know, the insiders don't seem to think it's all that likely. Mark Stein in his newsletter today was just like, the Raptors should just, like, keep the Fred Van Vliet, right? Because um, he's good. That's, you know, the Raptors fans don't want to hear it, but Fred Van Vliet, good at basketball, as it turns out. The other thing, too, is yesterday there were reports that the Clippers are not going to move on from Terrence Mann in any deal. And to me, the Clippers were really the only viable trade partner for Fred Van Vliet that could maybe get you a return worth pulling the trigger on a deal. 
And if Terrence Mann's not going to be involved, then I am not interested in their ballast of salaries that the Clippers will be sending your way. Mann would have sweetened it all, but I, I just I don't think that's going to be on the table if they, in fact, view Terrence Mann as the point guard of the future, which you can decide whether that's a good idea by the Clippers or not. Uh, but I, I don't think if he's not on the table, I don't see really a viable Fred Van Vliet trade out there anywhere at this point. Um, we're going to move on. We got a couple more What's More Likelys, including Center Talk, coming up in just one second here. Before we do that, however, got to tell you about our friends over at FanDuel, brand new sponsor here with the network. We're super excited to have them on board as our official betting partner with Locked On because they are the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you know, if you're new to FanDuel, that is, that's even better because they have so many great features that make betting on sports fun, easy, and accessible. New customers join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. As I've said on this show before, when I do sports betting, which isn't very often, but when I do dabble, it's usually when I go to a game and I want to enhance the live experience, and that same game parlay is an awesome way to do that if you're going to be in attendance for a Leaf game, a Raptors game, of course the Blue Jays coming up sometime soon in the near future as well. All in an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football, basketball, hockey fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL and of LockedOn. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. File with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. And we continue on here with your first list of the day. Diving on into the second of our three what's more likely scenarios today. Here is my next one here for you, Big V. What's more likely, the Toronto Raptors opening day starting center in 2023-24 will be Precious Achua or someone else. Precious or the field as the Raptors starting five going into next season. I think this one is maybe a little less rote than the previous one where Gary did seem like the clear odds on favor to get moved. Uh, certainly in my head where I'm just completely Precious pilled, it's very conflicting. I'm curious where you're at. The idea of Precious versus the field as Toronto's opening day starting five next year. Yeah, so with this one, I am, I, I do think it's uh, closer than the first question. I will go with Precious Achua. Yeah, we love it. Yeah, <laughs> carry on. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think he's just uh, a phenomenal defender. I think uh, he eases. I think that debate about Scotty Barnes in terms of <clears throat> you know we know uh, on the offensive side of the ball that mm -hmm. being that playmaking big is his best role. Yeah, but 
defensively, he might not be best suited, uh, you know, to protecting the basket. And sure. so I, I think uh, having Precious in those positions, having him as that switchable big uh, when you're defending pick and rolls um, is a really good option. And so I think if you have Precious in the starting lineup, then it eases life for Scotty Barnes. Um, and uh, he might be the best solution there. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, that's probably part of why we've kind of seen uh, things play out the way they have the uh, past off season uh, coming up to the trade deadline now in terms of how the Raptors have addressed the center position so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, yeah, precious is the guy for me. I was, uh, I don't know if you listened to yesterday's podcast, big V of course you did. Right. Right. Of course. Right. Always. right? Okay, well, then you'll know the, the, the trivia question I'm about to throw at you, obviously. Uh, I said it yesterday, but I'll say it for those who didn't hear yesterday's show. Uh, in fact, not one of them, of course. Uh, where do you think Precious ranks among all players, averaging four field goals defended at the rim inside six feet uh, over the course of this season? It's like 153 players, I believe, that we're pulling from. Where do you think he ranks in that defensive field goal percentage inside six feet? Like third or fourth? He's fifth, yeah. He's behind Bismack Biombo, yeah. Giannis, Draymond Green, and Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty incredible company. The three defensive players of the year of the last 10 years or whatever, uh, and future 10 years, because Jaron Jackson Jr. is a freaking monster, and yeah. Bismack Biombo, Martin Miller, our pal's favorite deep-cut Raptor. Look at the synergy all over the place. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's really good. And, yeah. you know, I know those who are maybe itching for someone taller than six foot nine to be on the floor for the Raptors in the middle of the floor will say, well, this is just more of the same. He's six foot nine. He's not big. If you can play like you're big, then who cares how tall you actually are? If you play like you're seven feet tall, which I would argue Precious kind of does with the rebounding he brings to the table, with the rim protection he brings to the table, not to mention he can switch out in a way that not many seven footers can. Maybe it does actually kind of work if the Raptors roll with Precious as their nominal five, and it makes it easier to fill in your backup center position. Maybe it's Christian Coloco, maybe it's some Scotty Barnes, maybe it's, um, you know, there's all sorts of different ways you could go, but, you know, it, it's, it makes it a little bit less of a sort of pressure point where you must go out and allocate a ton of resources to that position. Again, all of the things we're saying today are probably going to make Raptors fans who are itching for change infuriated, but uh, it's just, I don't know what to say. The team's in a weird spot. They very clearly believe in a lot of the stuff they're doing philosophically, and I don't know if enough has happened this year to completely throw them off of their original sort of peak vision for the team. And I would argue that the way Precious has played since coming back maybe means, hey, they, they were kind of onto something with this idea of, you know, rolling without a traditional seven-foot center, not to mention, you know, Christian Coloco will be a rotation player at some point. I feel pretty confident in that. Um, you know, <laughs> it's, yep. people get excited. Yeah, Capertal, Miles Turner. No, it might just be precious, and you might just have to deal with that and, and be all right with it. But again, uh, Fred, OG, Precious, Scotty, Pascal, starting five. Don't hate it. Pretty intriguing, if you ask me, depending on, of course, what you're able to do with Gary Trent Jr., what you're able to get back. It's, um, you know, I, I know some Raptors fans hate it. They, 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 the, the, a lot of the people you talk to are just like, this is this is not going to work. This is over. I, I just, it's way too premature, I think, to go and 
just tear the whole thing to bits, I would say. And uh, there's internal solutions. This is why I've not thought this team is your typical run-of-the-mill 11th, 12th place team in the Eastern Conference because there is upward mobility because of the youth of Scotty Barnes and Precious Achua and whomever they draft in the first round this year and all that. Um, so anyway, let's. Uh, any last thoughts here on Precious? I mean, I want to get your sort of impressions on how he's played of late because he's been an absolute blast, I think. Uh, sort of. Do you have any sort of observations on what's making it work for him and what's maybe giving you confidence that in fact he can be that starting five going forward yeah i mean the defense is the defense like we saw that uh last year and what he's Mm -hmm. capable of defending one through five so i'm not going to say much on that but offensively uh i think he is improving in you know attacking with pace and power but also with some control uh Mm -hmm. and i think uh there's confidence that stems from becoming a better free throw shooter. Uh, yes. He's up over 75% uh, at the line this season after shooting about 57 for the first couple seasons of his career. And so I think when you feel that confidence that, hey, like, you know, I'm not just going to throw away a couple points here or, or one point uh, every time I drive to the basket, then you, you're able to go there uh, con- more consistently. And I think he, mm-hmm. he's doing that. Uh, and the X factor is going to be the three point shot. Mm-hmm. I, I think if he can, you know, be that 35% plus three point shooter, then he becomes an absolute no brainer uh, of a starter. But, you know, if you're yeah. down at that 25%, then that's where the debate is. I mean, there's a world in which Preston Achua just like entirely raises the ceiling of the Raptors as a franchise. Like he's that, I think, like raw talented. Obviously, it's got to come together. Um, but it's hard not to get really excited about what he could be when he's like soaring through the air after going coast to coast for like a delicate lay-in um, or an enormous yam. Uh, he's kind of got both in his bag or uh, he boots it out of bounds sometimes too. And that's also part of the charm. Um, yeah, I think uh, those who are dispirited by this Raptors season... Precious is a thing to get real excited about, I think, just in terms of how he could kind of tie it all together. It's it's delayed. This is not the year anybody wanted, but I don't think that doesn't mean that you can't get to where you want to go with a lot of these guys that you already have in, yep. in store, and I think Precious is a big reason for that. Um, we're going to continue on here, get to the final. What's more likely of the day? Before we do that, however, just a reminder, Locked on Leafs is your daily Toronto Maple Leafs podcast. The Buds are real good. They're, I think, the number two team in the Eastern Conference. They're one of the best teams in the league this season, and our pals Mike DiStefano and Dave Morissuti are doing a great job breaking it all down every day over on YouTube. Go subscribe to there in addition to Locked On Raptors and support the show Locked On Leafs every single day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, Big V, the final what's more likely is standings related. Uh, Let's pull it up here, shall we? 
What's more likely? The Raptors make the play-in or finish with a bottom five record in the NBA. As it stands right now, they are two games behind the Chicago Bulls, who have won three straight games for the 10 seed in the Eastern Conference. The Pacers are on a bit of a free fall, seven straight losses. Tyrese Halliburton turns out very important to that team's chances of being good. Um, so you've got those sort of things at play. League-wide, the Raptors, I believe right now, hold the seventh worst record in the NBA. They are just ahead of the Washington Wizards. The Orlando Magic, a couple of games back, two and a half games behind behind the Raptors, uh, and then you get into the sort of the quartet of sadness and sorrow, the Spurs, Hornets, Pistons, and Rockets, who no one's touching because they stink. Uh, so really, the question is, are they going to pass one of Chicago or Indiana or fall uh, below two of, I guess, the Wizards and Magic are kind of the two teams there. Um, the Blazers are slipping as well. They're in the conversation. So what's more likely, a play-in spot for your Toronto Raptors or a spot in the top five of the draft lotto odds? I know what the, the sickos are going to want the most here, but I have a feeling we might be disappointing them once again with our prediction here. <laughs> yeah, so I think there's a chance that they end up bottom five in the East. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think they, they'd be bottom five in the NBA. Sure. So uh, I will go with it, it being more likely that they make the plan. Mm -hmm. um, I think when you look at the East, obviously uh, you've got Detroit, Charlotte, Orlando. Uh, and I think with Washington, uh, Chris Stapps, Porzingis going down with that injury, them making the trade, uh, you know, getting – Rui Hachimura out of there. I, I think you can kind of see the wheels in motion for which way they want to go. Mm -hmm. So the I, Wizards declaring <laughs> a direction. No. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think that'll end up being the bottom four in the East. Mm -hmm. And then I think San Antonio and Houston are absolutely nailed to the floor <laughs> is houston doing a bit man like are they like what is what is is that art basketball they're doing like, it's, it's unbelievable how bad that team is anyway carry yeah. on by the way the raptors play the rockets uh, on this road trip to uh near the end of it which is uh not bad <laughs> mm. so so yeah i think w between those uh six teams it's going to be tough to crack mm -hmm. and the raptors still might you know, miss the plan. So yeah, right in between is where I most likely see them. Yeah. I mean, if they are that 10 seed or I guess the, the, the 11 seed, you'll still have a top 10 pick, uh, which I guess is good. I, again, I, I've not been worried about where the pick lands between eighth and 16th. Really? I don't care all that much. I kind of think the draft is uh, a lot of voodoo, and I don't really pretend to understand it. But uh, And that's not to denigrate the people who do a great job with the scouting side of things. I just think there's a lot that you can't account for scouting-wise, and you know that leads to the draft being kind of unpredictable as to who's going to be good and who where they're drafted. Either way, that's a, another Sean point that we don't have to get to today. Um, I think, for me, I think it's more likely they also make the plan. I, I just I don't think this is the type of team that's going to just shut it all down. You know, it, it just... It doesn't, and it, like they don't have to shut it down. They're not shutting it down. They're playing their guys a million minutes a game already, and they're the 11th seed in the Eastern Conference. So, like, they can maybe have the best of both worlds here. Like, if the two worlds are horrible worlds, but the best of, best of both worlds where 
they can try and like not instill just like a culture of just pissing away three months of a season because of draft lottery balls uh actually get some development going for scotty barnes precious achua you know figure out the chemistry mix of the team that's been off so badly all season long i think that's a big thing you want to try to iron out here get some answers before you go into next season if you can as to what's going to work what's not um but even then they still might be a, a team that is on the outside looking in i think they're going to end up in the plan they're not as bad as their record suggests they have a positive point differential very barely but they have a positive point differential on the season yes fake comebacks are part of that but uh they also like don't tend to get super duper blown out all the time um and like that's i think the mark of a non not wretched team they've had not great execution down the stretch all of that um but like they have the 15th best net rating in the nba they have a top half offense right now 13th in the nba their defense has slipped obviously pretty pretty uh miserably down to near the bottom 10 but um it just feels like there's too much talent on the team for them to really bottom out and i feel like they're going to end up in the plane and again that's going to make a lot of people angry but you have to just stop thinking about oh if my team is eighth to 12th that's bad yeah it's bad in the moment but it doesn't have to mean that they're going to be stuck on the treadmill of mediocrity for the rest of time uh and i would argue especially so when you have again the likes of scotty barnes and precious chua giving you plenty of upward mobility so that's going to disappoint people but guess what play in for what play in because it's fun play in because the play in games have been a blast to watch and being part of them sounds like a pretty cool deal to me um and i think because of the pacers slipping halliburton's injury i think that maybe gives them an easy excuse to just kind of you know coast the rest of the year maybe and um and not push all that hard and get the lottery pick they probably really wanted coming into the year um and i think they'll probably pass the pacers i also don't think the bulls are that good and i also don't think the hawks are that good and i think a couple of these teams could be passed by the raptors between now and the end of the season as much as that will anger everybody let's before we wrap up here take a look at the road trip big it starts tomorrow i have a question for you about it it's nothing it's not a what's more likely it's more just uh what do you think raptors play the kings the warriors the blazers the suns the jazz the rockets and the grizzlies obviously the grizzlies are a monster of a team and will probably paste the raptors because they paste everybody they're incredible beyond that you know the kings are very good too the raptors played the kings quite well earlier in the season you could argue they maybe should have won but this road trip i think is like deceptively maybe not that hard and, and i could kind of see the raptors maybe doing something here maybe this is just me like continually being like it's the corner's coming they're gonna turn it uh the way i felt about joey graham for the last 15 years he's gonna figure it out it's coming around um but it does maybe feel like yes this road trip is long and westerly but it doesn't feel like it's like this sort of grindhouse of a, of a road trip that's going to leave them one in six like it's the 2004-2005 season where they just can't win on the road at all um what, what are your sort of expectations and thoughts going into this road trip uh, against some teams that are kind of going through it right now yeah i'm not too optimistic um you know i I think golden state you can say that they're struggling overall but they've been a great home team right six and 18 on the road 17 and six at home so i think that that's going to be a difficult game um portland is, is always a tough place to play um phoenix they just got chris paul back uh cam johnson is back as well um and you know Devin Booker might be on the fence at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that'll be a tough game. Um, Mikhail Bridges is playing amazing, by the way. Yeah. 
Um, Utah has obviously proven not to be a fun team to play against um, mm-hmm. this season. So, yeah, on the whole, uh, you know, I see the Houston game as winnable. The most winnable one after that might be uh, the Portland game, uh, even more yeah. so uh, than Sacramento. I think Portland kind of stinks. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, at that point, you're looking at two wins on the trip. Mm. Um, and then if they beat Sacramento, which I'm not too optimistic about, then mm. you're looking at three. But that's about it for me. I think I could see a four and three. Um, again, I'm just constantly the toxic positive person over here. But I, <laughs> I just, I don't know. None of these teams are all like that horrifying to me. The Blazers, I think, are maybe just outwardly kind of bad. Um, the Suns, you know, we'll see if Booker's back. If not, I think the Raptors have a pretty good chance of, given that they always play the Suns quite well, you know, you know, historically. I know this is a different year, but, um, you know, the Rockets, that boy. Pascal definitely historically plays the, uh, the Suns well. He sure so. does. Pascal plays a lot of these teams very well, if I recall. <laughs> uh, the Kings, I believe he's put up uh, like uh, multiple triple doubles against. The Blazers, he seems to score 35 every time out. The Jazz don't have anyone to guard him. Uh, as much as the Jazz are fun, uh, that's going to be uh, a Pascal uh, matchup hunting fest, I think, in the Rockets. I can't wait to watch the Rockets game. They're they're just like I, I don't I will never use like my own time to watch the Rockets because they're so bad and just like not a basketball team. But I kind of take a weird sick joy out of watching what an inept basketball team they are. They remind me of the Cavs back in like the first year or two after LeBron left again when it was like Garland and Sexton just kind of figuring oh, things yeah. out and they did not seem like a basketball team at all. Weird that Kevin Porter Jr. is the common denominator between those teams. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> but- was it? Was it? I'm pretty sure it was last season mm. that Nick Nurse went to the full court press for like three straight possessions, and Houston <laughs> just kept turning it over. Like they just yes. could not do anything. I love the Rockets. Everyone should play like them. That would be like we lo- we want stylistic diversity. No, I want everyone to play like the Rockets do because that would be hilarious. Turnovers are fun. It'd be like watching minor hockey. Uh, the things that make minor hockey fun are the things that make the Rockets fun. Mistakes and a lack of defense. We're going to round it out there. Thank you so much for tuning in to the show. And uh, Big V, thanks so much for hopping on today. Anything you'd like to promote for the good people out there? Usual stuff. Raptors.com uh, most recently wrote about uh, Scotty Barnes and the amazing January that he's having. So you can go check Did that pretty out. Pretty good. Yep. And yeah, besides that, uh, you can just uh, follow me on Twitter at VivekMJacob. Amazing. We'll be back again tomorrow. Uh, Katie Heidel is going to pop by. I might do a mailbag show. So if you have questions, please submit them in the, uh, the the comments below. If you're watching on YouTube or keep an eye out on Twitter for the prompt later on today, if you're listening, and uh, that'll do it. Go and find all of my stuff over on Twitter at Woodley Sean. Follow, subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast for free on your favorite podcast apps. And of course, go and uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can't win tickets to the Rivoli anymore by doing so, but you can support me in this free podcast, and that would be very cool of you. All right, we'll round it there. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one, everybody. Bye-bye. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.